0: Wake up, America, before it's too late. The Steve Day Show.
1: And greetings. Happy Tuesday. Welcome to the Steve Day Show here live and on demand on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. Steve Day's here with Todd Erzin and Aaron McIntyre, who was completely on death's door all day yesterday.
2: And we had no idea. We had no
1: idea. He just manned up and got it He done. did, man. I mean, straight up. Dudes over there. <laughs> gives us the live long and prosper. I like that. Dude just went over there. He's over there with was uh, with food poisoning, at any minute, ready to pre- projectile vomiting. Just you know, producing a national show with a well fairly you know or, or, or somewhat significant viewer leader viewer slash listenership, right? Well, the flip side of him not doing that
2: is our viewers absolutely losing our their mind if we did not come back
1: uh, January 9th <laughs> that's true that that is true I mean we had no idea and in the most Aaron thing ever ever nothing is more Aaron than this out of the blue he texted me last night hey I had uh, I had food poisoning I was really and it's just no embellishment either it's very Hemingway. Short choppy sentences. Subject pre- predicate period. All right. No embellishment. Oh, I was terrible. N- nothing. Nothing. Ah, uh, had food poisoning. Period. Like he's like we're talking in the night in the eighteen hundreds over a telegraph. I was sick. Stop. Okay. <gasps> I got better. Stop. Like we're charging by the word going okay. to battle
2: tomorrow, mother yeah <laughs> send <laughs> yeah. prayers
3: yes. the only reason I said anything at all last night is because I wasn't sure what shape I was going to be in sure. this morning,
1: yeah and I was like sense. maybe I
3: just have to come in, not do the montage, just kind of board up for you guys and get the show launched, but uh, yeah, yesterday was not not exactly fun. There were multiple times or it's like I'm two seconds away from throwing up here
1: the only thing that would have topped it off for Peak Aaron if he was like. This morning, though, I am feeling better, and before I come in, I'm gonna see if I can finish this end table I've been working on.
2: What you mean? Another amazing thing, though, is that we—you didn't look sick. So, do you like? I had no idea. Do you always look sick? And yeah,
3: we just—just <laughs> just a little bit. Can't tell. I was in Florida. I was on the beach. You know, it was really warm down there. Still white still very white
1: you do well you're just nosferatu year round yeah that's that's true yeah i mean you are undead year round and those lights that you're (laughs) under i mean there's a big bright white light that you're under doesn't help you no yeah but uh so we had no idea man that that aaron i mean he didn't play hurt he played injured yesterday he willis read it yesterday so i wanted to make sure that uh, that was recognized here at, from the at the very top and of when the he show. came
2: in he didn't even know what the new motto of the show was going to be he stood he stand did that's right that's right stand. that's
1: where he stood right there and nearly threw up on us the entire time yes all right um also yesterday another well maybe less noteworthy or significant event took place i told you guys on the show yesterday that a a big call about the future of the movie *Nefarious* <clears throat> was going to take place at two thirty yesterday afternoon, and I would probably know uh, a little bit more about where things are headed after that call. I I can't quite tell you everything yet. What I what I can tell you is the call went very very. Well, went very, very well. <clears throat> the people we were on the call with were all blown away by the film, and very impressed with it. at At one point, and and the people we talked to are the people that report to the CEO here. Okay, we I mean we didn't, weren't talking to nothing wrong with it, but we weren't talking to the district manager, the regional guy, or the guy who runs the local. You know, franchise of this chain. You know, we're, we're we're talking to people who report to the CEO, and um, and at one point it was going so well, and their praise for the film was so effusive that the the senior um, corporate officer on the call stopped and said, "You guys need to know, though, we do a lot of these calls, and most of them don't go this well." Okay. So, here's what I can tell you. You are going to get a chance to see Nefarious in theaters nationwide. I don't know yet how many or screens that's all going to be negotiated now. But you are going to get a chance to see Nefarious in theaters in all of his black sold splendor across the country. And then you're, the next question you're going to ask me is when. I'm 97% certain when that will be. But it's not a hundi yet, so I'm not going to tell you specifically. For now, I will say this beware the Ides of March. And I was able to give you guys a little bit more details before we went on the air about how it went. What are your thoughts?
2: Uh, my thoughts may blow your mind. Uh, I think what happened here is, and you you didn't have any foreboding about this meeting, at least that you relayed to us. No, because I know but, the content is good. But... There are unknowns, sure, and, and they said they were clearly. Sometimes said, you
1: like the smell of your farts a lot more than other people do.
2: But you'll recall, you'll know this story, no doubt. When they were first shopping Star Wars, yes, I'm making a Star Wars analogy. Yikes. When they were first shopping Star Wars, they went around to a couple of places and just yeah, yeah. Then they go to 20th Century Fox, you recall? and there was a guy there. I think his name was Alan Ladd. Yeah, and he's like, this seems like more than one movie to me. You guys, if you. If this is a trilogy, right? Yeah. This is what we, and they're like, all they were like, we just want one movie. And they're like, I'd like to talk three. That is a version, I think, of mm-hmm. what you're telling me happened at this meeting. Best case scenarios.
1: Yeah. Yeah, We're not going to, it's not instantly going to become a trilogy, but, <laughs> but, but they were so impressed with the film that we skipped. And so that almost made my reaction to the meeting kind of odd it's a little bit like, you know, knowing, with the, that knowing you won the Powerball before the numbers are drawn, like you get tipped off. And so it's kind of anticlimactic. I mean, you anticipated that you'd have the first stage would be a conversation about the merits or lack thereof mm-hmm. of the film, right? Mm-hmm. And then the second stage would be, let's talk Turk. Let's talk nuts and bolts. Let's, you know, let's consummate the relationship here. And, I mean, we just went right to the altar, you know? I mean, the, you know, they were like, you saw enough.
2: Every audience that sees this movie knows they saw something special, without fail.
3: I think this is the inverse of what went on during the production, the actual production of the movie, from the directors getting it with, with uh, COVID being out, uh, strike. You know, this thing was like five minutes away from being a gigantic black hole, at Mm -hmm. least from a human perspective. Like
1: three different times. This movie was five minutes away from being. our directors nearly died. I mean, when, when we get to the DVD, you know, you know, Amazon, Netflix, you know, portion of distribution here there will make a making of documentary man. And and some of the stuff that went on behind the scenes to both try to stop this movie and then to get it made will blow people's minds What the last year has been like behind the scenes.
3: So I think it's just natural. I mean, I think everybody, including uh, the executive producer over here um, of, of this movie, it would be natural for you to go into a meeting like this where the fate really, or at least part of the fate of this movie uh, is really up for grabs, and uh, who knows what this is going... Kind of being in find-or-flight based on everything else that, uh, that's that gone down, and it was not that at all. It was just like, yeah, okay, this is, this is really good stuff. Okay, cool. It was like... Like you said, no drama.
1: Like, I can't imagine, like, if you're you're, you're being recruited by, like, you know, major college football or basketball or in your situation, right? I remember talking to you. I mean, you know your daughter is talented. You know she has a a level of God-giftedness. You've watched it. You've helped her hone it, right? You've helped her um, become a craftsman with that gift. But I remember when maybe the top-track program in the country, the University of Arkansas— Called you guys up and said yeah, we're going to offer you guys a scholarship. I I remember you were like, really? I mean, so I yeah, no. I this I, know. I, it, I was seeing what I thought I was seeing, right? Yeah. And and you're almost so flabbergasted that it's kind of hard yeah. to well, pop the cork, right, and, and, and it's celebrate. R-
2: it's really cool that you and I can be surprised like that because you and I are used to. Living confidently on an island, mm-hmm. well, you know, everybody's running away in the other direction. No, I'm right, and I'm going to stay here. But it, you know, it's some affirmation is nice every now and it again. It is, but it's, and un- when it's it comes uncomfortable. On
1: this level. Yeah. You know, over Christmas, Kirstie, the Kirstie Alley passed away. Yeah. Uh, over Christmas. And one of the things she's most famous for was it at the Emmys, I believe. She got an Emmy Award for Cheers one year. And, um, She said, or no, she's Kirsty is who said she thanked her husband for giving her the big one all those years. But she was the one that did that, right? I'm thinking of Sally Field, I think, who finally won an Oscar. You like me. You really like me, right? Like, I'm like, you guys really do like it? Really? This much? We're just in? And then I start contemplating with. All right, I need to orchestrate something to do something about that. I'm just much more comfortable wearing, I don't like uh, the black hat, but I'm much more comfortable as the pale writer, you know, than sitting at the cool kids table. I just, I have been on the fringes of, you know, this industry slash movement, um... To the point that now it's it's happened. It's I didn't I didn't get into this for that to happen. By the way, it just organically did when I found out that not as many people that I grew up reading and listening and watching and admiring were really as in on the 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 stuff that I thought they were in on the entire time. So it just kind of happened, and at first it kind of crushed me, and then you know I bowled up like Aaron yesterday with with uh, you know food poisoning and said, all right, let's ride. Yeah. You know, and I'm going to embrace. This sort of um, countercultural iconoclastic, you know, perch that I've been placed on. I'm going to embrace it. I'm struggling now to be given, you know, attaboys, you know, and welcomed in. I mean, I'm not sure exactly how to take that, you know. But it's going to make it much simpler for all of you to see this film and, and, and without too much of a wait. And I mean, I, I, I can't wait for you guys to see the film. I can't wait. I'm very, very proud of the film. And now to see people who do this every day with millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars at stake. Just agree with you, right? It, I, I would imagine it took the Erzin family a while to feel like Razorbacks right and yeah. not not kind of the the plucky little upstarts from Iowa
2: oh <laughs> right? I still as you say my, the, the the gear my kids buy me when I put it on I it still blows my mind a little bit I'm putting it on not because I'm a Badger fan I happen to live there like you're a Wolverine putting it on because my daughter mm-hmm. earned every bit of that yeah mm-hmm. it, it's it's pretty amazing
1: so the sprint now begins. We'll keep you updated. Um, and uh, over the next couple of months, you'll be hearing and seeing much more uh, about the film. Trailers, posters, everything that is coming down the pike. We are about to sip the dogs of war here, as one of our directors said yesterday, quoting from Shakespeare. So um, it's on. You know, the, the, the starting gun has been fired And now we sprint to the finish. So thanks to all of you for your prayers and patience. And um, they are about to be realized. And we are very, very excited because we think this film also has tremendous missional opportunity. um, One of our uh, one of our producers described the film as fight club for youth groups, that this is the film, the cool film without, you know, a bunch of swearing and nudity. So your parents will let you go see it. Your Christian parents will let you go see it, that you take your unbelieving friends and family uh, members to, particularly your friends, because you're tired of hearing them ridicule what you believe. And this movie has no cheese, no cringe. And you let nefarious take them behind the woodshed for an hour and a half and teach them what's up. Right. And I thought that was an incredible description of the movie, actually. It is. Yeah. And I think that probably expands to all ages. Actually, all of us have people in our lives that think they know it all. Think they've, they've gotten all the answers. They've been properly informed on the way things operate down here on this third rock from the sun. And those of us who think otherwise are the fools. Well, one of the main characters in this movie thinks the same thing. And he gonna get wrecked. And you can wreck those people you care about, too, in, in, a, in a good and positive way with this film. So, and soon. With that... We have a packed show for you. We are going to talk to a January 6th prisoner while he is imprisoned here at the bottom of this hour. Um, next hour, we'll, we'll we'll say hello to the, for the first time to my oldest daughter, Anastasia. We'll run down what I think are the 10 best movies of uh, 2022 in Pop Culture Tuesday. And for fake news or not, my good friend, Hero to the Republic, Congressman Shiproy will join us. What what is true and what's not about what happened and why last week and what became of it. So we'll separate fact from fiction with him later, but before we get to all of that delayed, we apologize, but nevertheless, here is Aaron's rundown of what happened while we were away.
3: What happened while we were away brought to you by everything else over the next few minutes. I'll try to get you all caught up on all the big stories we missed while we were away. But first, something that just broke within the last 24 hours. Absolutely nobody's surprise. Joe Biden mishandled classified documents while he was vice president. The documents turned up at a pro-Biden think tank at the University of Pennsylvania, where Biden was previously an honorary professor. Attorney General Merrick Garland, who greenlit the FBI raid of Trump's Mar-a-Lago, has assigned a U.S. attorney out of Chicago. Chicago to review the documents. Garland said, quote, <laughs> see, guys, Lady Justice really is blind after all. He didn't actually say that, but you get what I mean. Moving on, the Florida Supreme Court has officially okayed Governor Ron DeSantis's request to convene a grand jury to investigate any wrongdoing by manufacturers of the COVID jabs. Grand juries are typically comprised of about 18 people. This one will meet for a year. This news comes as the FDA is now admitting in a study the COVID jabs increase the risk of a pulmonary embolism by 54 percent, acute myocardial infarction by 42 percent, blood clotting by 91 percent, and platelet disorder by 44 percent. But because the jabs are still under emergency use authorization, none of that really has to be disclosed in advertisements and PSAs. Meanwhile, in New Jersey.
4: Dear Santa,
1: I don't want games. I don't want toys. Just get me the COVID vaccine. This holiday
5: season, there's no better gift than peace of mind. Get
2: vaccinated today. Visit covid19.nj.gov.
3: Anthony Fauci had a quick stay in his retirement spider hole coming out to do damage control on the Damar Hamlin story, who, by the way, is thankfully now out of the hospital. And I can't tell you exactly how many minutes transpired, but it was less than 20 before people on Twitter began to say, well, clearly, the vaccine caused his seizure. Right. And that had a multiplier effect on Twitter, as these things tend to do. What's your reaction
0: to that? Well, my reaction is one of concern about... is it horror?
3: Borderline more than concern? Yeah,
0: it's horror that misinformation and disinformation, uh, when you have a platform... Like social media that exponentially spreads in its best form proper and important and value-added information can spread which is good yes the thing as a public health person and as a physician and a scientist and my my identity as a physician is the thing that gets pained the most by that Because what that means, Major, is that, yet again, another conspiracy theory, complete nonsense is going to have some people make a decision for themselves and their family not to get vaccinated.
3: According to data from the UK government, excess deaths in England and Wales hovered around 20% over the last five year average during the last week of 2022. Is that bad? Back to DeSantis, headline from The New York Times. Can Ron DeSantis avoid meeting the press? Subhead, the Florida governor easily won re-election despite little engagement with mainstream news outlets. Another sign of partisan division ahead of the 2024 presidential race. South Dakota Governor Kristi Noem, a woman who until proven otherwise is wholly beholden to the transgender mob, is attacking Ron DeSantis via one of her the spokesperson attacked DeSantis for, quote, "...hiding behind Florida's 15-week baby-killing ban," which he signed in April, and asking the governor if he believes 14-week-old babies don't have a right to live. 18 Republican senators voted to approve the Democrats' massive $1.7 trillion pre-Christmas omnibus bill. Blunt, Boozman, Capito, Collins, Cornyn, Cotton, Graham, Inhofe, McConnell, Moran, Murkowski, Portman, Romney, Rounds, Shelby, Toon, Wicker, and Young." Some of the newest drops from the Twitter files shows the U.S. government requested the suspension of somewhere in the neighborhood of 250,000 Twitter users. Twitter files also show that Twitter worked with the U.S. government to censor alternate COVID information, discredit doctors who disagreed with the COVID narrative, and to squash users who shared CDC's own data to discredit the CDC's own guidance. No big surprises there. Ohio's General Assembly has spiked a bill that would ban dudes from competing on women's sports teams. Bibi Netanyahu is back as Israel's prime minister, now heading up what some are calling the most right-wing government in that country's history. Former Planned Parenthood CEO turned CNN medical analyst Dr. Leanna Wynne, who previously insisted that the unjabbed should not be allowed to leave their homes, is now a champion of natural immunity and says the military should cease its jab mandates along with schools and universities. And finally, this kicker ain't really funny, but here it goes.
0: The year was 1981. I was a deputy clinical director at NIH, and we were on the hunt for the next pandemic. It was a fight to stay relevant. Public health had really bungled the response to the 1976 swine flu outbreak. We were in a fight to get those tax dollars. When the new disease, acquired immune deficiency syndrome, came around, we pretty much right away knew that the homosexuals were killing themselves with a party drug. It was a real tragedy. But you know what we call tragedies in my office? We call them opportunities. Opportunities to expand our power. Opportunities for full visibility. Opportunities to line our own pockets. I don't let scruples get in the way of my entrepreneurial energy. I'm the father of the AIDS pandemic. The AZT studies were a real roller coaster. We couldn't get FDA approval for healthy HIV positive people to take AZT if everyone in the study died. So we had to cut the study off at four months. We couldn't keep anyone alive longer than that. We ended the placebo group because it would have been unethical to withhold the drug. I love saying that. It works in every scenario. Between 1998 and 2002, I let NIAID give experimental AIDS drugs to 400, maybe 500 HIV-positive kids in foster care. We assumed they were HIV-positive. We didn't always know. Now, don't get me wrong. These drugs made the kids really sick, and the kids knew it. But we had to stick to the program. If they refused the drugs, they'd be force fed. If they fought off the caregivers, then we'd haul the kid into surgery and put a tube directly into their stomach. You think this is science fiction? No, baby, this is AIDS research. At least 80 of the kids died. We had them buried in a mass grave. We'd always say their deaths were natural causes or unexplained. I'm lucky that the average American has the attention span of a flea or these people never would have trusted me during the coronavirus pandemic.
3: That's all true. And that's what happened while we were away.
1: Everything in there is true.
2: And this, one day later, absolutely verifies why, with all those psyops we considered yesterday on overtime, and I'll leave it at that, but yeah. why it's the vaccine. Because look how far back it goes. Why am I anti-vax? Because look, it has nothing... A lot. Some of that has to do with the science of it. It's the... The, the unwillingness to look at the data, Major
1: Garrett, and have ask any questions, he has to be God to these people. A, a, a gentleman who last month took an eight-hour deposition and 174 times claimed that he could not recall specific details that were often then um, he was often then confronted with, um, and these are details that, of, of things that all would have taken place in the last 36 months. He's got thoughts about misinformation. Yeah. Aaron's Montage brought to you by our friends over at Patriot Mobile. I love it when our partners get helmet stickers from the audience. Garrett Wade wrote me over the break, said, hey, we just switched to Patriot Mobile. The customer service there was by far the best I've ever experienced. The phone service is better than Verizon and for less than half the price. And the best part is my money won't be given to left-wing causes. Thanks for referring me to them. There you go. Uzzah. That's why we do this. And now Patriot Mobile. Um, they now offer services to all three major networks. That means if you're with the big three and like the service but hate the values, you can access those networks through Patriot Mobile now instead of them. And don't forget, they also offer a performance guarantee. If you're not happy with your coverage, they switch to any other. Network for free just for you with their 100% U.S.-based customer service team right now. Go to PatriotMobile.com slash Steve. That's PatriotMobile.com slash Steve. Or call them today at 972-PATRIOT. That's 972-PATRIOT. So I want to make sure I'm following the, the chain of events here. Donald Trump... Was a blackmail asset by Vladimir Putin because he was compromised by a P tape made with Russian hookers that does not exist. Step one, correct? Yes. That was the theory, right? We later learned that at the same time they were accusing this of Trump, Hunter Biden was accruing. Actual blackmail material, which he was chronicling on his own cell phone, with the aforementioned Russian hookers. Correct again. That's that's. Um, I'm, I just want to make sure the facts here are not in dispute as we follow the chain of evidence, right? Right. Last year, they nighttime raided former President Trump's private residence over the alleged mishandling of classified documents. Correct? Correct. And now we are learning that Joe Biden is accused by mishandling classified documents. Correct? Correct. Do you notice a trend here?
2: Just take the vaccine, Steve, and all your cares will go away. I mean,
1: <laughs> at this point, if you want to know what the Biden family is doing... Just find out what the Trump family's being accused of at, at this point. I mean, Unstice. He just, times a trend, Buckwheat. This right? just
3: broke within the last five minutes. Some of the classified materials found at this think take at the uh, University of Pennsylvania. Intelligence regarding, what country do you think I'm about Don't to
1: even, if you tell me it's Ukraine, I'm, I'm going home.
3: Ukraine.
2: And again, why wouldn't they? Until there are consequences, it's the end of Aaron's montage on another issue all over again. They get away with it because they can, because we have the attention span of a gnat, we got to get off to our next be comfortable thing. No one demands consequences. Everybody wants that third booster, because that's what actually makes him comfortable, no matter how many people
1: drop. So Trump had to be impeached, For the quid pro quo of demanding Ukraine turnover, evidence of Biden family corruption in exchange for continued funding of their government. Right. Yes. Only for us to now find out that the very classified documentation that Joe Biden was mishandling actually was derived from his family's relationships, their dealing or the government's dealings in his time Mm -hmm. with Ukraine. Okay. In other words, exactly what, well, what Trump wanted evidence Let's keep
2: of. going down the looking glass. It has been within the last 48 hours that more rumors have been swearing about what Biden's plans on for the next election. Is there mm-hmm. any coincidence that he's talking about that and what he's going to do and this being released right now?
1: I, I'm just. It doesn't take a lot of intelligence to do this job anymore. It just really takes a willingness to pay attention. and The patience of Job. Because <laughs> eventually they just connect the dots for you. Like the stuff with the jab, all of it is coming out now. I mean, the UK death data, 20% higher uh, at the end of last year than it was the previous five years. What's the benign and innocent explanation for that? We want to talk about... Ask Major y- Garrett. He's got one, apparently. You, you, you want to tell us not to guess... That the Buffalo Bill player had a reaction to the jab? Okay. Where's your investigation into the cause of his cardiac event? Like, is anybody even... Do we even still yet know what the cause of death for Hank Aaron was? Is anybody mildly curious what caused a 24-year-old young man in prime physical condition to have to be resuscitated not once, but twice for a cardiac event on a football field are we not the least bit curious as to why that occurred any investigation anything been launched no then until then speculate away because you're probably right All right, back here on the Steve Day Show. We're going to withhold some specific information about whom we're speaking to for now. We'll tell you more in a moment. But we want to go live right now uh, to a federal prison where one of the January 6th detainees is currently incarcerated. He joins us now. Sir, welcome uh, to Blaze Media. I'm Steve Day God bless you. It's a pleasure to have you with us. How are you?
6: Hey Steve, God bless you. Um, doing all right uh, for day 725 of being a political prisoner without a trial.
1: Tell us your story. Wh- wh- how did we get to 725 days of North Korea-like treatment of American citizens?
6: You know, uh, there's there's a cost to liberty in this country. Our founding fathers know the cost. Um, standing up and defending your rights and defending the republic is uh the duty of all americans especially a patriot and you know when you're living under a regime uh the cost sometimes is being a prisoner of war and that's exactly what i am steve
1: what specifically are they accusing you of
6: i have 13 felony charges that they've trumped up on me um you know ranging from uh Obstruction of official proceeding, which is a blanket political charge. Um, they've charged over 240 Americans that were protesting on January 6th with, um, that carries a maximum sentence of 20 years. Um, I also have allegations of assault on uh, police officers. Um, and you know these are all caught on video where uh, they murdered uh, a woman in my arms, Roseanne Boylan, and I had to take up defensive arms after that. After saving two men's lives, um, that have court sworn affidavits, that's caught on video on my on my documentary I produced. Uh, that's gotten over a million views on Rumble. It's a number one viewed video ever on Rumble. This call is from a federal prison. Called the truth about January 6. All of this. Uh, stuff is backed up. You can see me uh, pulling people out of the crowd where the Capitol Police officers were beating them to death and um, you know and so basically for saving two people's lives and then defending many other Americans lives that day, unarmed peaceful protesters that were um, ambushed by the Capitol Police. I'm sitting now with uh, eight assault charges uh, on a police officer because I decided to defend my country and defend the unarmed citizens around me and uh, you know it's it's a tragedy when you know, things that used to be considered, uh, you know, kind of actions that were to be admirable and defending those who are defenseless around you and women and elderly people that plenty of were there. Now uh, it's a federal crime to be a patriot.
1: Have they given you any timetable of when you have a right to face your accusers, to have your case adjudicated, to get to uh, a definitive verdict, etc.?
6: yeah the um right to face my accusers I feel it's already been violated the January 6th select committee uh, there was no defense whatsoever on our side the January 6 6thers couldn't tell their story um, it was just complete theatrics like Hollywood level uh, one-sided banana republic courtroom like you would see in a communist regime so my trial has already been tainted unbelievably every single person that lives in DC has seen the January 6th show trials that already happened on the J6 select committee so when my time comes to to get my trial in june of uh of this year which would be 30 months uh as a political prisoner before i get my shot at justice i will already be walking to the most tainted jury pool um, imaginable steve
1: tell us about your legal representation do you find it to be adequate
6: uh i i've been blessed with uh a close, close friend of mine who's an attorney um, I've known for, for many years, he's fought hard for me. We actually did get a, a major charge dropped in my case, but then the government has put it up to an appeal. And so that appeal process um, could literally take years, and so they may decide to just keep on pushing my trial out. I was supposed to have trial actually January 9th was my original trial date set. I was supposed to already be in trial today, but they've pushed it out another six months because this appeal process, this is going on in the federal um, district court appeals process is a long and arduous battle. And it could, if, uh, if they decide to um, not overturn the charge, it could, the government's going to push it up to the Supreme Court. You're going to see obstruction of Congress. Um, me and the Supreme Court more likely than not in the next couple of years here fighting off this 15-12 uh, blanket uh, charge that the government has, you know, like I said, charged hundreds of unarmed peaceful protesters with a 20-year maximum uh, felony. And, uh, you know, so the legal battle, while I'm blessed with good attorneys, many of us have not been. Steve, mm-hmm. most January Sixers out of the 950 that have been arrested have gotten court-appointed liberal attorneys, um, swamp rats out of D.C. that's say stuff to the Jan Sixers like, you guys were there that day to steal our vote, and they obviously don't have our best interests in, in heart. And that's actually one of the reasons, the main reason, why I started um, a legal fund for my fellow Jan Sixers, and that's on j6legal.org, um, and you can go there and support us. We've raised a couple hundred thousand dollars already throughout our different um, avenues on Gibson Go and whatnot, and we've gotten attorneys for more Jan Sixers, but I have about 35 Jan Sixers in a pipeline right now that need attorneys that are going to trial within the next three to four months, and they have no faith in their legal team. Their legal teams are, are openly against them, politically and spiritually. Um, they're demonic forces, and uh, they're, they're not believers in Christ Jesus. These people are uh, part of the swamp, part of the, the system of corruption, and so we need to get better attorneys for these these Jan Sixers. So anybody that's listening, please, God puts it on your heart. Go to j6legal.org and donate to the, the legal fund to help out the Gen Sixers. We need it.
1: j6legal.org, j6legal.org. Yep. I know you've only got two more minutes allowed on this call. Tell us about your family, the personal toll, um, where you're at with that, how you're being treated inside of there. Yeah. So uh,
6: one of the Things that I've been able to produce while I'm in here is actually a memoir, um, an autobiography of all the stuff that's been going on. My faith walk with God, all the other Jan Sixers, and how we persevered through this persecution by standing. Um, in Christ and, and having Him just bear all of our anxieties and burdens for us. And I've actually put out a, a, a book that's on pre sale right now, Steve. I wanted to announce that to all your listeners today. It's called Patriot Prisoner, and it gets into the in depth what it's like to be in solitary confinement for 19 months and fighting the world's largest uh, political um, legal case ever. And it's called Patriot Prisoner. It's available right now for pre order on patriotprisoner.com. Um, it's an invaluable tool to the average American to see what it's like to be a modern day patriot and suffer uh, for righteousness sake for defending your country and I really want everybody that's listening to go check that out we need uh, 50% of those sales from the book goes directly to the J6 legal fund so we're raising money through that we're raising money any way we possibly can to help out my brothers that are locked up here with me for literally years facing decades in prison
1: J6legal.org J6legal.org and patriotprisoner.com. Yep. Those are the two websites, correct?
6: Yep. Yep, that's 100% right. And, you know, those are our resources we have available to us. Like I said, I just put out a documentary um, earlier in 2020, and uh, that is an amazing resource. If you want to see the truth about January 6th, we have a website actually that has all of these links on it called j6truth.org. And that's like the home base to all of our operations, Steve. And, like, if anybody wants to understand more about me, the Jan Sixers in general, what really happened that day, this documentary will literally blow them away. It's got some of the most hidden um, and and censored footage that's ever been censored by the government. I mean, they have gone above and beyond out of their way to take this footage out of every single mainstream news media cycle. This is why they canceled Parler. This is why they've deleted, you know, hundreds of different conservative Twitter accounts because they were sharing J6 videos and stuff. The website to go for everything J6-related is J6Truth.org.
1: I know you've got less than a minute here. I'm going to give it to you. Final things you want to say to our audience. Well,
6: well, I'm just so blessed by God to have um, conservatives like yourself Steve that stand up and, uh, and give us a platform to speak our side of the story the most sacred right we have our first amendment was really uh, at the end of the day it's, it's to tell your side of the story when you're accused of something and you need to clear your name and they've censored you and thrown you in jail and locked you up and taken away everything you have your phone, every single contact you have to the outside world um, and, and, and thrown dirt all over your name and called you horrible things like domestic terrorist and white supremacists the last thing you have is your voice and so you've given me a voice today and i appreciate that and may god bless you and may christ walk in you every day of your life i know you're a great man of god and i respect that steve
1: same to you brother thank you very much for joining us today all right god bless you
6: yes god bless we will see liberty in this country yet again just dig deep into your faith and rely on god he'll get us there
1: amen thank you is the line now clear, Aaron?
3: Let me just double check on that real quick. Yes.
1: Okay. For security purposes, I'm guessing, fearing backlash from other prisoners or the guards, we were asked not to refer to him by name. Over the. During the call. During the call, um, while it was transpiring in the prison. You'll get some react, we'll give you some reaction and tell you who we were speaking with here in just a moment. First, a word from our friends over at Better Spectacles. If you are looking or in the market for a new pair of glasses, particularly if you have a problematic prescription like me, someone who's a little far and a little near, um, in the past, you've had to get the really dorky frames, but that's not the case anymore with our friends over at Better Spectacles. They can give you, in fact, access to Rodenstock eyewear available just in the last couple of years through Better Spectacles for mass distribution in the U.S. for the very first time. The German company, almost 150 years old now, the gold standard when it comes to patents within optometry. And they're the ones who outfitted my glasses. Um, I'm wearing Rodenstock frames right now. So if you want to take advantage of this with your problematic prescription or just your everyday stigmatism prescription that you have. Go to betterspectacles.com Steve right now. Schedule a teleoptical appointment. You won't even have to leave your house. Betterspectacles.com Steve. Get access to some of the best trained opticians in the country. And then if you sign up, 61% off as an introductory offer. 61% off plus free handcrafted rodent stock frames. They'll give you the frames for free with 61% off to get you started at betterspectacles.com Slash Steve. Again, that's betterspectacles.com slash Steve. So the gentleman that we were just speaking with is Edward Jacob Lang, or otherwise known as Jake Lang. And again, the two websites that he gave out raising money. And I mean, our, our good friend Julie Kelly at American Greatness has been, I don't know anybody that has done more yeoman's work on this story from day one. Uh, over the last couple of years than she has and I know she's heard a lot of the stories Um, many of them dealing with people that there's no evidence of any violent action at all Um, the question so what are we doing this for other than to make a point right and pointed out how they've been destroyed they've been ostracized they've been deserted they've lost businesses families futures etc and and J6Legal.org, how a lot of them have very substandard legal representation. We talked to Jake about that a minute ago. He's one of the few with a personal friend who's a good attorney, but he mentioned he knows a lot of people that are actually getting um, spirit of the age attorneys appointed to them, their own uh, belief system of their tormentors, basically. J6Legal.org is where you can go if you want to support that. And A little bit John Bunyan-esque, right? He gets put into solitary confinement 600 years ago. And while he's in there, he writes a book. turns out to be one of the greatest bestsellers of all time, Pilgrim's Progress. So Jake in solitary confinement writes a book about what he's experienced, what he saw. Patriotprisoner.com is that website if you want to get a a look at that book and a preview of it and get a pre-sale copy. Patriotprisoner.com. What makes Jake's case unique? from the stories of this that we have spoken about, spoken about is in his case, violence is involved. No one is disputing that. He's not disputing that. You heard him. He's not disputing that either. He makes the case that the video evidence proves he was actually acting in self-defense and in the self-defense of other people, one of whom is one of the, the two people along with Ashley Babbitt who died that day. Um, you keep getting told that multiple officers died that did not. Uh, I believe Officer Signick died a little later on. But in terms of people that died that day, it's just Ashley Babbitt. And forgive me, I, I've, I've forgotten the name of the woman uh, that he mentioned. Um, and the video that Epic Times did, you see some of her death and what went on. Mm-hmm. We talked with, uh, with their team about their truth about January 6th video. Uh, Last year. So this is a unique case in that violence was involved. He's not disputing that the government is claiming that he's not arguing against it. He is saying, though, that the evidence proves that he was acting in self-defense and in the defense of others who were actually being endangered by the actions, the overzealous actions of the officers. if there was violence involved and he is not disputing that he acted violently then this would seem to be the kind of case if you were the government wouldn't you be in a hurry to fast track this case and make Jake Lang your gold sting? right? Jake Jake Lang is the is now the lodestone lodestar, the, 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 the lodestar he is the cornerstone of your crusade, right? The one living, breathing example of what must be punished and put down and made an example out of. This, this would seem to be that case. Instead, what did he say? He's going on 19 months of incarceration, has no idea. His trial was supposed to begin yesterday, has no idea now when he's going to get a trial. He actually has one, one major, I was actually reading about it during the break before we brought him on. Uh, he has won one major victory where one of the most serious charges against him was dismissed by a federal judge. And as you heard him say, though, the government is now appealing that ruling in his favor, which means there's, who knows when he'll get a chance to face his accusers. Jake Lang may be guilty of everything the government claims. Are are prisons full of a lot of people who like to admit their culpability and guilt? They are not. They are not, typically, right? So are we total depravity people? Yes. Yes, we are. So, would are we ruling out that Jake Lang has created an alternative view of those events in order to satiate his own conscience and get himself out of prison? Of course not. We think human nature is capable of almost any form of that level of sociopathic behavior or denial of reality. And in many other forms, we are living through that as a society right now, right? Why don't we find out? Why don't we find out? This is the same conversation we were having last hour about Anthony Fauci's um, criticism of those who claimed the Buffalo Bills player had a cardiac event at 24 because of the jab. Why don't we find out? It may not be because of that. Because, as Aaron said, they need the state
2: of emergency to exist to perpetuate what they do. They need this so-called insurrection state of
1: emergency to perpetuate what they want. I don't know what the truth is. I'd like to know, and I'm not afraid of it. Why are they? All right, back here with Hour 2, live and on demand, right here on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. Steve Dace here with Aaron McIntyre, Todd and and all of you. And you can... Hopefully not all of you, at least all at once. But you can let us know what we think about what we think via the SteveDace.com inbox. Access that by emailing the show, steve at stevedace.com. Like us on Facebook, we, Gab. Follow me at show on Twitter. Getter, Instagram, and TikTok. You can also uh, find me over on Truth Social at Real Steve Dace. There, remember the last name is D E A C E. And if you are a podcast listener, please thank you so much for being a big part of our audience. If you've yet to do this, consider leaving us a five star review, hitting subscribe or follow. And thank you to all of you that have done those things for us already. You don't have to give up if you're like me with a sweet tooth, you don't have to give up on those New Year's resolutions anymore. Because now there is a protein bar with the macronutrients you need, but it tastes as good, if not better, than many of the candy bars out there. Without the carbs, the calories, and the sugars you're trying to avoid, of course you know I'm talking about one of my favorites, Built Bar. The greatest protein bar of all time. It is the greatest protein bar of all time. All of them... 150, 160 calories or less. A lot of them are 140 calories or less. Packed with protein, not packed with carbs, calories, sugar. You won't believe how good they are. They're all covered in real chocolate. So many great flavors. They're debuting new ones all the time. I I, I just, I can't even keep up now. I mean, it. guarantee this product will deliver for you if you want to try it or Try it again, again, again. 15% off when you use my last name, Dace, as your promo code at built.com for Built Bar. 15% off at built.com for Built Bar with the promo code DACE. Speaking of, well, actually, she's not a DACE anymore. She's now a Hibs. I got to get used to that. That's going to take a minute. My oldest is joining us for the first time in 2023. Anastasia, good to see you, Princess. How are you?
4: Good. How are you, Dad?
1: I'm good. It's been a few weeks. How you been?
4: You know, doing good. Combined bank accounts. Um, been cleaning up cat vomit. Uh,
1: so married life, basically. Yeah. Yeah?
4: Yeah, we're still, we're still going after, people will ask me how it's going and I just let them know that we're still going strong after all this time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what I tell them. By ninety days. <laughs> that's Have what you I passed the
1: ninety-day probationary period yet?
4: It's going. It's going well. Okay. Yeah. It's nice. We got an espresso machine, so we're making coffee at home. So, yeah.
1: This sounds pretty domesticated already.
4: Yeah. It's honestly really not that exciting. No. I love him though.
1: That's what's important. <laughs> so I mean.
4: that's good. But it's just kind of life.
1: I'm it, I'm bored, <laughs> but it's going great. <laughs> Um, No, but this is the, it's, it's actually a compliment to you two that you are able to settle into kind of that uh, everyday life thing kind of already, right?
4: Yeah. And I mean, it's, it's nice, really. We got a new apartment too. So
1: your new apartment is very nice.
4: It is really nice nice compared to the old one that didn't have like heat and had people like getting stabbed outside of it. So that was. I
1: think you might be embellishing that a little bit.
4: I, I, we woke up and someone was like, we didn't see the body, <laughs> but like we read the story that someone had been stabbed outside of our building.
1: Your, I'll say this: the apartment that you guys have is much nicer than the first apartment your mom and I had when we were married. I'll tell you that. It's our first apartment was a little bit more like the one that you moved out of. <laughs> In fact, we were still living there well into after you were born. I think we were let three. You were three or four when we moved out of that complex into our first home
4: i mean the people there were do you remember that
1: place probably even at all not really no i
4: don't remember anything yeah about that i
1: wish i didn't (laughs) i wish i didn't yeah
4: i mean the people at our old apartment was nice i mean they always offered us weed and all that kind of stuff so that was nice that was generous they always offered us weed so that was nice
1: (laughs) sharing is caring right yeah hey you and I both believe you love your neighbors, you love yourself, right?
4: Yeah, nobody does that at our new apartment. I mean, so I love me kinda... some
1: weed and I'm willing to share. So there yeah. you go.
4: Not you, the per- but yeah. I know what you meant. That's going to be taken yeah, yeah, context, yeah. That,
1: but... that will be taken, that will be a meme in about an hour. <laughs> I agree. All right, so let's get to it. What are we doing this week?
4: Today, um, honestly, it's going to be more kind of a reaction. The So the Rolling Stones came out with their like top 200. So they're singers of all time.
1: Rolling Stone magazine. Yes. Uh, not the Rolling Stones, the band. No, okay. Rolling Stones right.
4: magazine of all time. Okay. So this is like of ever. And my best friend... Like, are friend, we
1: talking, like, you know... Of
4: ever, of ever, opera of, ever singers,
1: of ever, of all, you know, no matter genre. Are we just talking, See, like, and we're that's what my, find out See,
4: well, and that's what my friend Lauren and I were talking about. I was like, how can you make a, like, list of the top 200 singers like of the all time? Like, oh, the psalmists? Are the psalmists in
1: the ranking? I mean, who's in this? Oh, it's, Anna, of, you. of all time.
2: You have, we've done many Rolling Stone lists on the show, and many of them have come as close to breaking your father <laughs> as anything. They're has always terrible. So when you said yes. you were doing this, I was like... I'm in. Let's shatter them early in January <laughs> 2023. Okay. So
4: we can either do it kind of like a buy seller hold of like if you guys agree or we can just get reactions or.
1: Let's do it that way.
4: Just reactions? No, or well,
1: let's do it. Let's, let's do it like a buy seller hold. Okay. Okay. All right.
4: Okay. Because I've got the top 10 and then I have some of the other ones. And okay. I mean. When I went over to my grandmother's house, we were talking about this over dinner. This was, like, so upsetting to me. So,
1: I mean, y- what she's telling you is, I don't know who a lot of these people are, and so I had to go to my grand- my boomer grandmother, who would know these names, and grew up listening to them, to tell me who they were.
4: S- well, I know all of the top ten. It's just their placement that oh, I don't Okay, so
1: this I is okay.
2: Clear The word, top ten singer?
4: That's singers, the Singers. Singers of all time. Okay. Yes. okay. All right.
1: So, we're, we're judging them on vocal capability. Though.
4: And see, that's what I think, okay. too.
1: Not, like, front man...
4: No, we're judging them on vocal ability, vocal song catalog,
1: vocal ability. Yes. Okay. All right. Go ahead.
4: Okay. So number one is Aretha Franklin. I'm okay with that.
1: I would buy that. I'm okay with it. I'm okay with that. It wouldn't be my number one, but I'm I I'm okay with it though. Yeah.
4: Number two is Whitney Houston.
1: That's too high. I would probably. I think it's too high. But again, I don't have a problem with her being that high or in the top ten.
2: Mm, yeah that's too high okay
1: I'm I'll buy it might be too high but to me the 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 choices are so voluminous that as long as I think they b- are okay being in the top 10 I will buy okay
4: okay I also do not agree with Maritha, I mean you I know you wrong, you, okay.
1: you know who my number one would be but we'll see if that person comes up on the list okay
4: number three is Sam Cook
2: I don't know
3: is, I that, mean, the, is that the I can't change guy even if I tried or is that somebody else He's 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 one of the newer singers on this no, list. No,
2: right? Sam Cooke is <laughs> no. He's, oh, he's I'm older. Thinking of, I'm yeah. thinking of Sam. Somebody else. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not familiar enough with the catalog to make a judgment. Same here. Which is why I've got to sell. Yeah.
4: Yeah. He's the a change is going to come another oh, Saturday. I, I've got a different
1: guy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I, and the first song I know I'm going to sell on that one.
4: Okay. Yeah. Number four is Billie Holiday.
1: <sighs> I'm going to sell on that one too. This, see,
4: this is what yes. Rolling
1: Stone does every time and it's an attempt
4: call to, them out call it. them out <laughs> rip them apart it's an it's an
1: attempt to you know find it, 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 it's an attempt to be Jack Black's character in high fidelity all right to to yeah, know something yeah. everybody else doesn't know, but that's one of the reasons I bought the first two because I'm like, wow, they must have.
2: Now, Billy Holiday okay. is legitimately a classic voice. Sure, right?
1: so, but, the, but top ten all time, I don't agree with that. I, I would sell.
4: Yeah, as would I. Number five is Mariah Carey.
1: See, that's my number one. No, that's my number all one all time of all time. I
4: know, and the, I no. knew he was going to say that, and I knew all of us uh, and, were. And it have has that no. nothing reaction. to do with the
1: fact, although maybe slightly, See, that I've had a crush on this her is since nineteen ninety. <laughs> No, no, my biases are pretty pretty out in the open, actually.
4: <laughs> no. <laughs>
1: okay, I'm uh, she would be my number one.
4: Okay, yeah. number six is Ray Charles.
1: Oh, I'm fine with that too. Yeah, I'd be cool with that.
2: Mm. So, top ten singer.
4: Yes. See, about, that's so my you know, thing. It's like we're talking not, about
2: top two hundred singers. No, no, he's not one of the top. Very 10 unique, singers.
1: very it's unique, unique voice, but he's, very unique and distinct. I, I'm going to buy on that one.
2: But I think singer, you got to have. You, you better you either have range mm-hmm. or your sound
1: is so unique mm-hmm. then tell so, me how, how mariah carey doesn't make the top 10 list then who has more range
2: oh you know, she's got a, a lot of range you guys wanna I know don't, though who is also, not on
4: this list
2: i also think she's
4: celine dion is not i know
2: that's what the. this the is list. why i know about the list is because yeah people were talking about how she's okay yeah i agree she should be on the list too okay what's next how many no, more
4: number seven is stevie wonder
2: uh, that's close. I mean, I, I have no I problem mean, him being in the top I 10. I have a problem
1: with it either. I just think... Incredible range. I'm, I'm More than Rachel. Do you think he's a better singer than Rachel? Oh, yeah. oh yes.
3: I agree. Yeah.
1: You do too? Yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. I mean, I, I'm fine with him being on the list, but okay. All right. Number
4: eight is Beyonce. No.
1: So, no, no. 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 No.
4: Number nine is Otis Redding.
1: Like sitting on the dock of a bay. Um
2: See, I don't... Can, that's a great song. That's just not yeah. a great... And maybe he does. I, I'm old. We're young enough that and that's... a War
1: an old, isn't War, the original version, his too, right? I'm not Good dodge all oh, That song, isn't that his too? I think it is, right? Now I'm going to pass. Sell.
4: Yeah. See, and number 10 is Al Green.
1: Oh. Great um, singer. What was the one? the one big hit he had? I can't remember what that was called, but I'm going to sell.
4: See, and this is... Now, now,
1: so it's hard not to notice something, okay?
4: Okay. Okay. Go
1: down the list again one by one.
4: Okay, so we've got Aretha Franklin. Okay. Whitney Houston. Okay. Sam Cooke. Okay. Billie Holiday. Okay. Mariah Carey. Okay. Ray Charles. Okay. Stevie Wonder. Okay. Beyonce. Okay. Otis Redding. Okay. Al Green. Okay.
1: By my count, since I don't know much about Sam Cooke, by my count... There's, yep. of the top 10, there's seven and a half black people.
4: And Sam Cooke is also black as so well. Eight, so eight, so and eight and a five. half.
1: Okay. There's eight and a half black people. So, I mean, I don't care, but knowing the leanings of this publication and how they operate, anybody think Elvis was a pretty good singer? Anybody? <laughs> See, was, was Elvis good at singing? Anyone? Elvis good at it? You think? Elvis kind of good, maybe. Was he decent at singing at any point in time? Maybe. Okay. Elvis. And he was maybe. number.
4: He was number seventeen. And Michael Jackson doesn't even enter this list until number eighty-six. Hmm.
1: That that just seems to me, you're, um, we're trying to score woke points. Okay. Uh, if if you're doing a top ten singers of all time. And again, and by the way, Bing Crosby, decent singer. What about Frank Sinatra, guys? Could he carry a tune, perhaps? Thoughts on Frank Sinatra as a singer? Eh, meh. Kind of, maybe, perhaps. Am I wrong here? No. This just seems like a, a transparent attempt. If we are doing the top... Did they put a time frame on this?
4: No, it's just, it's literally just of all time. Okay,
1: and so three of the most distinct influential voices in the history of American music. Elvis Presley, Bing Crosby, Frank Sinatra. None of them are on the list.
4: Well, Frank Sinatra isn't doesn't hit the list till number 19.
1: And that's why I hate Rolling Stone.
4: But Ariana Grande's on the list, Taylor Swift's on the list, Billie Eilish is on the list. Yeah. That's
1: See, why I hate Billie. That's why, I hate, no. that, that's why Rolling Stone lists well, break. Now,
2: now. you're... The fact that maybe we've just count our blessings that none of them were in the top ten because that's the yeah. kind of list could have broken you. I mean, this we we don't the, the, this top ten was uh, no no there was no mention that was insufferable, so I guess we just correct yeah yes and
1: some of the lists have been and you know whether it's Duke lacrosse whether it's deny the the unjabbed health care. If there is anything Rolling Stone publication magazine yes. has become in the last decade or so, it is absolutely insufferable. Yes. And this list just further cements that. Anything else?
4: No. I mean, Louis Armstrong doesn't hit until like number 39. Johnny Cash doesn't hit until number 85. Ariana Grande, though, is number 43.
1: How about that Elvis guy? Bit of a singer.
2: Bit of a singer. Is um who the 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 first winner? She was a judge on the Voice. The first winner of the whole uh,
4: Christine Aguilera. No,
2: no, no, no. no. The, she won the first contest. Uh, the
1: oh, the first Simon American Cowell. Idol. Yeah. Oh, Kelly Clarkson. Kelly yeah. Clarkson. Yeah. Now, the,
2: Kelly Clarkson. She has an amazing voice range. Honestly, yeah. the, the, people think of her as like bubblegummy in the contest. Mm-hmm. I dare you to do better. Her voice is
4: phenomenal. I agree. And she doesn't hey, hit the list until the hundreds.
1: These are just Americans?
4: No, it says of all time. Where's Adele? Where's
1: Adele Adel on the list?
4: She was, I want to say she was like, yeah. Yeah.
1: In the w- where, where was that? What'd you say? In the twenties. In the twenties.
4: See again, like great voice. I would put her over Aretha Franklin.
1: Well, that's your age. I would. That's your age. But I don't think it's a terrible opinion either. But that's part of part of that's your age. And anyway, wisdom. let me ask you again: What do you guys think of that Elvis guy? Could he was he okay? Do you think a little bit was he above average at least? All right, good stuff, princess. And in the future, don't bring another Rolling Stone magazine list <laughs> onto the program because <laughs> I hate them all. That's a tearin'. <laughs> <laughs> all right, uh, let's get to Pop Culture Tuesday, brought to you by our friends over at Eden Pure. This was one of our new partners this year that got the most positive reaction. Uh, from our audience because of just how great their thunderstorm air purifier works, killing molds, mildews, bacteria, viruses. It also is filterless, so you won't have to spend out of pocket to replace the filters for years or the hassle of doing that as well. Right now, you can save $200 on an Eden Pure Thunderstorm 3-pack for whole home protection, every level of your home, or maybe you want to put one in the garage You'll get three units for under 200 bucks. That's a fraction of the cost compared to other air purifiers that go for well over 600. So take advantage of this right now, this special offer. Get three units for under 200 bucks and shipping is free. Three units for under 200 bucks and shipping is free when you go to EdenPureDeals.com and put in the discount code Steve3 at checkout. EdenPureDeals.com and the discount code Steve3 at checkout. EdenPureDeals.com. Discount code STEVE3. Let's get to Pop Culture Tuesday. Congressman Chip Roy will join us for fake news or not here at the bottom of the hour as we'll try to sift through fact and separate fact from fiction on what transpired in the Congress last week. But for Pop Culture Tuesday, it is time for me to unveil, as we look at the intersection between pop culture and conservatism, it is time for me to unveil my top 10 movies of 2022. And one of the things I get to do over my Christmas break every year is get caught up on some films I'm, I'm, I thought might be under consideration. There actually weren't that many this year. I mean, the pickings are slim this year, man. I mean, there's not much. This was the year that we really felt production, you know, uh, backlogs because of COVID shutdowns and everything else. Nevertheless, I think every film on this list is worthy of watching for one reason or another. So let's take them starting at number 10. The Menu. The Menu is a film, I think we talked about it uh, last fall when the movie was out. The Menu is very well acted, very subversive. It is what the preview claims it is, but there's more going on there than the preview lets you in on. And essentially it's the spirit of the age dunks on itself i mean it, it, every every manifestation of the worst impulses in this culture are represented in this in 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 this exclusive dinner and they are all punished severely for their worstness all of them and i don't know how you can't enjoy that <laughs> <laughs> right. that's a Friday night I mean I, I, that's a good time a good time was had by all watching watching everyone that you're watching destroy and wreck what's left of western civilization get the comeuppance that they deserve that's a good time and the menu is number nine is Steven Spielberg's semi that's the official word. Semi-autobiographical pick The Fablemans. It is maybe the overall best acted film I saw this year. All of the performances are tremendous. It really gives you a very blunt view at at Boomer America. That they uh, the, the generation that essentially let go of the rope on all of the on, on almost all of the traditions and things that um, were passed down to them, and then you see firsthand the the disarray and the dysfunction in the home that emerges as a result. It it is brutally honest about um, Spielberg's spiritual influences, almost to the point of uh, you want to cover your eyes. Um, uh, or lack thereof. Um, it's, it's, it's a fascinating sketch of maybe the, maybe the single, single greatest film director that ever lived. And it's, like I said, it's exceedingly well acted, but it is an uncomfortable watch at times. Uh, and one of the things you'll watch is you'll watch his mother make an incredibly, self-destructive um, and selfish decision that you'll see it's hard when it's your parents right you'll see it on to some to some degree Spielberg try to come to peace with while at the same time recognizing and acknowledging what it did to his father and the rest of the family so very well acted not always an easy watch and not the typical, happy ending of a Spielberg film that you are accustomed to number eight. And it's here just simply because movies are still a visual medium. And this is the most visually stunning film I have ever seen. And a lot of people said that about its original. This is, this surpasses that visually avatar, the way of water. I see it on the biggest screen that you can preferably in 3d. Um, I, the stories meh, it's it's all over the place he, you know clearly you know this is C- James Cameron's tale of the colonial conquering of indigenous people just put in the future on an alien world but yet the alien people just like the indigenous people and tribes uh, were, were all the indigenous tribes here on this continent at uh, smoking peace palm and peace pipes and exchanging wampum with each other before the white not. man showed up no yeah you see that in this film too Okay, they're not all at peace with one another. They're not all buying the world a Coke, okay? And they, they, they take real quick. Human nature shows up. They take real quick to the weapons that the, uh, the, the white aliens bring. They take to those really quick-like, all right? Um, so the story is a, meh, it does nothing for you. But again, movies are primarily a visual experience. And visually, uh, the film is incredible. It is the most stunning thing I've ever seen in a, on a movie screen. So for that reason alone, it makes my top ten. Number seven, a name we were just describing, Um, Austin Butler is incredible as Elvis. This might be the single greatest acting performance I saw in a release in a film. This year, um, the intensity that he brings to the the performances. I mean, you can go and, you know, watch on uh, TCM or on YouTube, some of the uh, old Elvis documentaries from the 70s towards the end of his life, you know, in his Vegas days and touring days. And you'll see how Butler just stuck the landing here. Uh, his performance is absolutely extraordinary. Powerful film. Highly would recommend. That's why it's number seven on my list. Number six, we don't put this genre on this list very often because a lot of times the movies are too vulgar or not that good. Okay. In this case, the unbearable weight of massive talent is phenomenal. Uh, Our good friend Bob Vanderplatz called me on Friday looking for a date night movie for him and his wife. This was the movie I recommended. Um, Has a very faith or very family and father affirming message. Uh, Nicolas Cage basically satirizes himself and is honest about the mistakes that he made with his own marriage and his own uh, daughter, chasing, you know, acting glory, and now he wants to go back and make good. It's hilarious, like, laugh out loud funny several times, and the chemistry between him and Pedro Pascal is dead nuts, man. It It is a very good movie not enough people saw. Number five is a movie literally everyone saw, Top Gun Maverick. Yeah,
2: hey, finally I saw one too. <laughs>
1: and... You know, it it is the perfect sequel to the original. It has the spirit of the original with, you know, a contemporary, modern take. And it's the role that made Tom Cruise the worldwide phenomenon that he is today. And, you know, he carries that water once again very well. And it's it's a ton of fun. It's the kind of movies we just don't make often in America anymore. But when you and I were growing up, Todd, we took yeah. that stuff for granted. Correct. Number four. Matt Walsh's What's a Woman. I think this is the most impactful movie of the year. Uh, whether it's what it did for the subscription numbers of the Daily Wire or what it did uh, for one of the quintessential debates of this era. that It's the most impactful film of the year, I think. But it's also very good. Very well done. And and the clever little twist, like putting him in Africa to take these sorts of Western notions of trainee madness to these indigenous tribes that we're told we need to listen more to. And you want to get nuts? Like, Let's yes. get nuts. And I mean, it's just, it's, the movie is something that we're not enough these days. Clever. Number three is the Batman, which, and and I was not all that hyped up about, Coming in. I thought the trailer was incredible, but I'm like, do we need where is my Superman movie? Do we need another Batman movie? Turns out we did, because this is incredibly well done. The, the, the dark twist, Paul Dano, who's also Steven Spielberg's father in the Fablemans, I mean, he is the only thing I would I the only negative I would have to say about him in this film is the Riddler is he's not in it enough. Okay. Um, I, I, I just uh, you, and and for those of us who grew up, you know, in the 90s grunge era, you know, just like Tim Burton was heavily influenced by the bright comics and 60s Batman series with Adam West, and You can see that in his 1989 blockbuster. You can see the filmmaker here uh, heavily influenced by 90s grunge and the era we grew up in. The a Nirvana song is basically the main theme of the film. It's an incredible movie. Highly recommend. That's why it's number three. Number two is the movie that was number one on my list for much of the year until I saw number one, which we'll talk about in a minute. That is Father Stew, And they did re-release this movie over Christmas with uh, a fewer F-bombs, but it is a raw, accurate portrayal of one man's Christian conversion where he goes from an absolute degenerate into the priesthood. And, And Mark Wahlberg and Mel Gibson took no money up front to get this movie made. And just took points on the back end. Uh, it's it's exceedingly powerfully well acted, highly it's just I I, well, I keep saying that with all these movies. That's why they're in my top ten. But this this movie is uh, it, it was the best faith based film of the year. I thought, and I don't know I don't even know what would rival it. My number one film of the year is the latest adaptation of the classic World War One novel. All Quiet on the Western Front, produced by Netflix. It is not an entirely faithful adaptation, and I will tell you, in another era, I would have struggled with some of the approaches they took to the storyline. But watching the mission creep of our own Excursions into the Middle East in recent years, watching the 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 level of cynicism, nihilism and dishonesty over Russia and Ukraine, endless war, war ink, watching the wokeness. It's much easier for me to accept some of the approaches they take here. And the truth of the matter is World War One was not only the war, the end all wars. It was pointless. There was no great cause of World War One. Frankly, history would have been better off if the Germans had won. Would have never given rise to a Third Reich. Wouldn't have changed American life all that much. These are really just warring factions within a Habsburg dynasty. They're all in the same family. Just having a pissing contest. And as a result, 20 million people are going to die. Weapons of mass destruction will get introduced. It is brutal. It is beautiful. It is not for everyone. Uh, The opening scene, however, is the closest thing to the opening scene to Saving Private Ryan I have seen since that scene. It, it, You can tell they're going for that too. Okay, it's, it's a movie without a flaw. It's, it's absolutely the best movie I saw this year, and it's really not that close. So that's my top ten of the year, gentlemen. Your thoughts? When did it come out? Just a couple of months ago on Netflix, uh, I towards the end know. of the year. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Well, I've seen maybe what, what three or four of them. Uh, I, I definitely have had several of them on my list for quite some time um it's almost it, it it's almost good that things got bogged down in Hollywood uh I hope you know there's I, I saw the list after talking with you yesterday about what's coming up and there's so many superhero movies coming out this year they're gonna make some they're gonna make some money uh get people back into the theaters but I, I maybe this pause button because there's some there's some quality here the 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 people that kind of plugged through and plugged along uh were making movies like some of the ones that were on your list because you didn't have to have the huge risk and Mm -hmm. layout of a big box office number Mm -hmm. so i don't know maybe we learned some lessons from here you
1: have a quick take aaron
3: loved elvis elvis and what's a woman are the only two that i watched but yeah that movie was incredible from start to finish all
1: right we'll come back My good friend, hero of the Republic, Congressman Chip Roy will join us when we do. Mm. Well, let's get right to it because he is short on time. You know, he's busy trying to save the Republican all. My good friend, Congressman Chip Roy joins us now here on Blaze TV, radio and podcast. Chip, it is good to talk to you, brother.
5: How are you? Doing great, my man. How are you? I am
1: doing very, very well. And you're going to be our special guest on Fake News or Not this week. As we try to separate fact from fiction on all the bromide tropes and narratives that we heard last week during the uh, what what our, our founding fathers would have laughed. This is your battle in the house. This we were Canaan people. All right. You guys took 15 speaker votes in 24 hours, and your panties are in a wad, all right? But nevertheless, panties were, pearls were clutched, all right? I can't evens were spoken, all right? So let's see if we can separate fact from fiction. Before we do that, though, give us your best summation of what happened, why, and what it accomplished.
5: First of all, thanks for having me on. Second of all, yes, pearls were clutched. Third of all, sorry for the bright light and uh, kind of shadows here. I'm in the cloakroom off the house floor. I'm about to go on the floor and go defend the resolution we're about to pass, establishing the weaponization on the federal the the weaponization of the federal government against the American people committee. It's a select committee to take that on. Uh, So I'll be going out there in a minute to speak. Look, we had an election. Um, We didn't do well in the Senate. Uh, We barely uh, took the House. We had a thin majority. What that meant was, was that when there were a block of Republicans who were not all that keen on backing Kevin McCarthy, it meant that there would then ensue a debate. And there was a debate. We started last summer, long before we knew what the margin would be, saying we needed rules changes, both in that Republican conference and on the House floor to open the place up, to restore regular order, to give more voice to average rank and file members of Congress and not just a handful of select people in committee rooms. Uh, We were able to accomplish a number of those things through sheer force of will and by virtue of the fact that, and I need to say this, that those five individuals who were willing to go publicly out and say that they would oppose Kevin, that we were able to then use that to force change. Seven of us signed a letter, as you remember, a dear colleague letter on December 8th, about a month ago, where we laid out the things that we thought were necessary for anyone who wanted to become speaker. And if you go look at that list, it uncannily resembles everything that we talked about right up through and until Friday. Hmm. Anybody saying there were backroom deals on this are mistaken. We put it out for public view. We made it very public what we wanted, that we wanted to restore the single person motion to vacate that has been a part of our history and precedent for over 100 years and even dating back to Thomas Jefferson in principle. We wanted to ensure that we got THINGS LIKE 72 HOURS, THE ABILITY TO HAVE SINGLE SUBJECT, THE ABILITY TO HAVE, THE ABILITY TO HAVE, um, uh, uh, YOU KNOW, germane AMENDMENTS, AND THAT WE WERE ABLE TO uh, CHANGE AND TRANSFORM THIS PLACE TO BE ABLE TO GIVE US THE ABILITY TO uh, RESTORE POWER FOR RANK AND FILE. NOW, ALL OF THAT WAS STUFF THAT WE WERE FIGHTING FOR IN THE RULES PACKAGE. But EVERYBODY HAS BEEN TALKING ABOUT, OOH, THE RULES PACKAGE IS THE THING. BUT REMEMBER THAT UP THROUGH FRIDAY, WE DID NOT HAVE AGREEMENT ON WHO WAS GOING TO BE ON COMMITTEES. We needed to say, hey, are we going to get conservatives on some of these standing committees like appropriations? Are we going to get committees on the powerful rules committee that says what gets to the floor? Uh, And we needed to have that conversation. And we got commitments to make sure that there's ideological representation. We didn't ask for specific things necessarily, but we did ask for more seats on different spots. And we're having that debate right now. It goes through over the next few weeks. We're working in good faith to try to do that. But importantly and finally... WE ASKED FOR SUBSTANTIVE POSITIONS ON SPENDING. THE COMMITMENT TO AMERICA DID NOT HAVE THAT, AS YOU KNOW. SO WE ENDED UP GETTING AND EXTRACTING AGREEMENTS, AND WE STOOD UP, SHOOK EACH OTHER'S HANDS, LOOKED EACH OTHER IN THE EYE, AND WE AGREED TO CUT CAP AND BALANCE SPENDING, OKAY? TO PULL A TERM FROM A DECADE AGO. TO CUT SPENDING TO 22 LEVELS, CAP IT AT 22 LEVELS, AND TO ENSURE THAT WE PUT OURSELVES ON A PATH TO BALANCE OVER THE NEXT 10 YEARS uh, doing the things that need to be done. And the final point is, under no circumstances can we cow to all of the same hand-wringers that were hand last week, who will hand about the debt ceiling and default and hand about defense and say, we're going to cut defense. We need to do our dang job, set a limit on spending, and figure out how to operate under it, and then go browbeat the crap out of Democrats and any Republicans who complain in the process. That's what I believe we achieved.
1: All right. With that opening statement said, let's go through a few of these as quick as we can. Yep.
5: F- fake
1: news or not, you guys risked the Democrats being able to hijack the speakership of the House.
5: Well, fake news as things bore out, you saw what happened, right? There was no chance that Democrats were going to break away from the historic election of Akeem Jeffries as the leader of their party the first black leader. There was no chance they were going to break from that. More importantly, we were never going to get to the place where a democrat was going to say, "Yeah, we'll be able to get a democrat elected speaker and any meaningful number of republicans would go along with that." That was just a false scare tactic designed to try to leverage people's fear and then get donors doing what they did and some activists and some talking heads beating us up and and frankly donors, you know, t- sending a text, "I'll never raise money from you for you again." Like, "All right, man, You know, if you don't like someone standing up for freedom, then don't raise money for me again. I don't know what to tell you. Like, we're going to do everything we can to stand up and fight for what we said we would do to the people who elected us.
1: Fake news or not this was about personal publicity at least that's what Newt Gingrich said you know the same guy that you know you people in you and I's generation uh, grew to be one of our first conservative heroes when he wa- we watched him do to soft feckless GOP leadership exactly what you guys did last week but now he's cl- he's out there uh, claiming you guys just were doing this for your own publicity fake news or not
5: So fake news uh, and I need to be clear here uh, Newt and I uh, talked yesterday. Um, I apologize to Newt because after that statement that he made, I took him to the woodshed. I said something in the zip code on a radio interview in D.C. We don't need to listen to fossils who make money from Fox News talking about things they don't know what they're talking about. Newt yesterday and I talked and Newt joked and he said that was a pretty good line. (laughs) Um, We're in a good spot he understands what we fought for. Look, there was a 180 degree turn this week when all information was known that we were simply trying to stand up to fight for the things that we wanted to get. I have not asked for one single thing personally out of this deal. In fact, I'm likely going to get boxed out of some of the stuff that I kind of wanted because I refused to go advocate for myself for any committee slot. We'll see what happens. I'll leave it up to the good Lord and the powers that be here. But what I'm what I want to be very clear, any efforts by any of us to put any conservatives on committees is designed to try to make this place work better. It's not because any one of us is like, "Oh my god, I want to be on appropriations." Or, "Oh my god, I want to be on the rules committee." I mean, shoot me. Like really? <laughs> do you think I want to spend my time doing that? But we need to get a ideological diversity in this place to make sure that Republicans never again do what they did in 2017 and 18, which is crap the bed on bills like the border security bills. And the, uh, the, the Obamacare repeal that never materialized. We can't do that again. This fight we held in full display for the American people to see. They got sucked in. The C SPAN cameras were zooming in. They saw us give speeches. They, they saw us nominate conservatives. They saw us nominate black conservatives, white conservatives, and to stand up and make the case to change the institution. And I think that they, the American people were with us, and the pundits started to see oh, crap, I better go get on that train. And, and I think that by the end of the week, you saw a transformation.
1: Speaking of the pundits, fake news or not, you and your group were just as stunned to see so many big name conservative pundits come out and condemn you guys as most of my audience was last week, frankly.
5: Yeah, I mean, look, it's frustrating. And and, and, and a lot of them are my friends. And, and I'm, I'm doing my part right now to say, let's all get back in the train together and go fight for freedom. Um, I've gone on shows on multiple people that disagree with me. I, in fact, I just did a show with Charlie Kirk a minute ago, and Charlie was kind of an objective in the middle on this, like sort of saying, I fear, you know, we don't want to give this to Democrats. We don't want to let a Fred Upton do it, and and he admitted that, And and we just had a good conversation about it. He didn't take us to the woodshed. Look, there are differences of views on this. Uh, history will judge that. You guys in the you know pundit world and and guys that are out on the radio, my dear friends, of which, of course, you're one and you're a warrior and righteous and fighting COVID and, and I love you, brother. Um, you guys go kind of fight that out. I'm going to stay focused on doing what I need to do here on the floor. But I will say this. It is not helpful at all when those of us on board with what we're doing, uh, I'm sorry, the co- members of the conservative movement, if you will, are browbeating us when we're trying to do what we're doing here in good faith. It was extremely helpful to have people like you, to have people like Daniel Horowitz, to have people uh, out there publicly supporting what we were doing, texting us privately, sending us emails, and thanking us for standing up for them, and most importantly, the American people thanking us, and that was really helpful.
1: You're welcome, but you earned it. Thank you. Final one. Fake news or not, this has established a paradigm shift or precedent That's going to challenge people like you and and others in your own group moving forward, because now you have shown us that you there are legislative means to bring this system to its knees when it is trying to screw the American people.
5: Yeah, I mean, that that I I can't remember the framing of your question, but yeah, that's true. I mean, we we now have a new day. Um, I will tell you a week ago right now, we were in the midst of our first vote or maybe just finished our first vote and we sent some shockwaves with 19 votes for someone other than Kevin. The reason that that materialized to 19 was precisely because, frankly, we had a pretty raucous conference meeting that morning, and the members of the conference, it was borderline mob-like, and there was a lot of pushback, and people were mad, and some things were said that shouldn't have been said. I'm going to try to let all that be water under the bridge at this point. I've been shaking hands with people and trying to figure out how we move forward. But let me be very clear that we took that position. We stood up. We got, I think, significant changes. We moved the ball forward. And this morning's Republican conference meeting was a very different thing. We had Kevin gave great words. He presented good information about what we got and what we arranged and and worked together to do. Things that are still underway, trying to get the committees to be uh, correct. Um, Very, very unified, strong, let's do this agreement. In fact, I brought up my concerns with a bill that's you know, possibly coming up this week that I think kind of violates tenets of federalism. I said, look, guys, I'm an undecided on it. I wouldn't do it. I don't want to be the you-know-what in the t- punch bowl, but but let's let's start doing this the right way. And a whole lot of members across the conference said, hey, I agree with you, not just Freedom Caucus. I mean, you know, establishment, committee chairs, uh, you know, whoever, across the board. And uh, look, we have, we're having good conversations that need to be had. I said on Jake Taver on Sunday, look, a little temporary conflict IS ABSOLUTELY NECESSARY, AND IT MAY NEED TO BE MORE THAN TEMPORARY, FRANKLY, BUT, YOU KNOW, IN ORDER TO BREAK GLASS IN THIS TOWN, And the only way you're going to be live free, the only way that we're going to stop spending money we don't have to fund tyrants and bureaucrats, the only way that we're going to have a secure country with a military that is non-woke, sparingly used, but can kill people and destroy things, the only way we're going to have a secure border, the only way we're going to restore federalism so that we can agree to disagree, the only way that we're going to protect civil liberties against the weaponization of government, the only way we're going to do those things is to fight and defeat the swamp. And that's what we took a giant step forward in doing today.
1: I'm just very proud of you proud to know you proud to be your friend and on behalf of a grateful audience here on our show thank you and every last member of those who stood up last week uh for what you did the example you set and what you accomplished brother god bless you
5: thanks steve those 20 they're great friends great patriots there's some others who worked in different ways in good faith Uh, but those five who are willing to go public let's not forget them andy biggs matt rosendale ralph norman matt gates uh and bob good those five put their name on the line and allowed some of us to come in right alongside of them behind them and then come in and negotiate some good changes i love them they're my brothers and anybody who wants to go to war with them you're still going to war with me we're all together as brothers on this
1: amen thank you chip have a good day brother god God bless. God bless you take care you bet we'll get you guys' reaction to that here in a minute first tommy john the best loungewear out there, the best underwear out there. They've got a line for ladies as well. I've not sampled that myself, but I have gotten notes from uh, ladies that have now uh, actually talking about how great it is, particularly their bras. So having never worn one of those, I don't know really the difference in a fit between one of another. But I do know their underwear, how that fits differently, better and more comfortably. It's why after they let me buy or they gave to me a few pairs for free, it's the only underwear that I have that I do buy nowadays. Um I can't give it a better endorsement than that. I can't give any client a better endorsement than when they come on the show and let me sample the product, and I go back year after year to get more of it because that's how good it is. Get 20% off your first order right now at TommyJohn.com Steve. 20% off your first order, whether it's loungewear, T-shirts, underwear, TommyJohn.com slash Steve. Find out why they don't have customers. They've got fanatics. Tommyjohn.com slash Steve. 20% off your first order. Reaction to fake news or not here with Congressman Chip Roy.
2: I watched a lot of this process carry out, and I was uh, tweeting about it in real time. And when Chip and others voted for McCarthy after getting the concessions uh, that they got, and a lot of people didn't know who they were on Twitter, and they were coming back at me saying, "Uh, they caved, they caved, they caved. You actually, what? We're supposed to trust Kevin McCarthy now. And I responded, absolutely not. Never trust Kevin McCarthy. But I just told him this. I trust Chip Roy. And I can say that about very few people in this entire world these days. You have no idea how blessed we are to have a public servant like him in there. He's one of a kind. Aaron?
3: So Todd's absolutely right. The rule when it comes to the swamp is they're going to be treacherous and, and stab, your, stab you in the back. Here's, here's why I think we have to be worried about that not quite as much as we, as we normally would. It's because of that, as the Jeffersonian uh, rule that they stuck in there. At any point, anybody can go to Kevin McCarthy if he goes back on his word and said, You best tread lightly, son. That's that's why. Yeah. And you don't if you think for one second that somebody like Chip Roy would not exercise that, you know, you've got another thing coming. So um, I I, I would say overall, again, we, we talked about this at some length yesterday. What we saw yesterday was leverage at work or what we saw last week, I should say, was leverage at work. All it takes. Look at all that it took, guys. There's what, how many hundreds of representatives. And it took nineteen, twenty, five five at first. Five at first. That's all that it took.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: And again, this is inspiring because it's legislatively, legislative. Why is that inspiring? Because when this can still happen... And who knows where this will go from here. But when we can still exert pressure and leverage on the system legislatively, guess what we're further away from doing? Exerting pressure and leverage on the system with big bangs and pops and a lot of violence. That's why it's inspiring. That's at the end of the day, that's why it's Amen. inspiring.
1: Amen. So I told you yesterday I was not really involved in strategizing or private conversations towards the end. I wasn't now towards the end. I did have a few more direct conversations with chip. And here's the, really the debate. Okay. Go all the way, hang McCarthy's scalp on a wall, but there's no guarantee. We'll get these kinds of concessions from the next guy. It might be Steve Scalise might be Jim Jordan who talks a good game, but often isn't where we need him the most when the fire is raging hot. So, could get better, could get worse. Or you take what you know you can get out of McCarthy right now. And to me, that's a flip of a coin, man. And I, I don't know the answer. I'm going to probably always, you know, lean towards taking a scalp because I'm just angry. All right. But they got a hell of a deal, mm-hmm. provided they're capable of holding him to it now. We're going to stick around and do overtime for Blaze TV subscribers for the rest of you. We'll see you tomorrow. John 317.
5: This is Steve Dace